Tom, we need more HP toner. I'll get right on it, Maria. Now, I could go to the big box office supply company where I'm just a number, but I love dealing with Ferritech, the company that supplies our HP toner, printers, and service. They know how to treat their customers. They're an authorized HP vendor. They locally manufacture their own toner cartridges, and it's recycled. Tom! Uh-oh, what now? Ferritech, a customer-obsessed HP retailer. Visit ferritech.com. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Spotlighting business leaders in our area. Gwinnett Business Radio is brought to you by Ferritech. Ferritech, great people, remarkable service. Hello and welcome to Open for Business, the Gwinnett Chamber's monthly radio show on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Duluth, Georgia. Open for Business is brought to you by Ferritech. Ferritech. Great people, remarkable service. Every month on this program, we highlight and spotlight some of the top businesses that are members of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. I'm pleased to be your host, Johnny Phelps. I'm a realtor broker with Harry Norman Realtors and a two-time ambassador of the year for the Gwinnett Chamber. Our guests today are Doug Ireland of Freeland Painting, Sterling Porter of Sterling Porter CPA, A.C. Chan of PowerSlide, and Courtney Spencer, Membership Services Coordinator with the Gwinnett Chamber. And I've known Doug the longest, so Doug, I'm going to start with you. How does someone start a painting business? It's a long process, Johnny. <laughs> I'll tell you how I started it. The early 2000s, we actually had a company called Freeland Property Group. We purchased and sold real estate, which I, I know you're familiar with, <laughs> um, all across Atlanta. And we were we were flipping homes, renovating homes. Uh, and and by, by 2006, we were uh, flipping on average about two a month. So really, we really had gotten into it, had a portfolio of about $2 million worth of rental properties as well. And 2007 came along and kind of changed things for us. Real estate did change then. It certainly did. It did. <laughs> so um, we, we had a couple of years there to, uh, to regroup until 2009 when we opened uh, Freeland Painting. And what we decided to do was take the skills that we'd learned with uh, renovating homes and turn them into a, a, a retail business. And uh, residential painting came out of that. Uh, I, I picked uh, painting, roofing, gutters, siding, and windows as the, the targets that I wanted to do. We don't do general renovations or you know general construction, just those items. And we picked those in order to uh, to maximize uh, the workflow so we could get things done quickly, paint a home, get move on down, and, and, and keep going. We didn't want construction projects that lasted two, three months, but uh, that's kind of the story. Did you have a, a painting background yourself? No, no. I had a just a learn the construction as I as I started purchasing homes, and uh, uh, you know, at the end of my career doing that, we were actually building new construction. So I had learned how to you know purchase the raw land, clear it, pour the foundations, you know, go through the the permitting processes and all. Literally that. So from the ground up. From the ground up. That's right. <laughs> so we bootstrapped it. Give me a sense of your 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 staff and how you put that together as you were you were forming Freeland Painting. In the early days, it was tough. We were, you know, we'd find any labor that we could to, to make things happen. Um, we've uh, we've got to a, a, a really good place now where we've uh, people come to us, so we have the luxury of uh, choosing the best uh, of 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 the people that are out there in the trades doing the things that we're we're doing. It in increases our quality, increases our speed with which we uh, turn the jobs around. You you mentioned the the five areas that you deal with, and and how you you didn't want to get in full construction, but those areas with gutters and siding and windows and, and so forth. 
why those five? Yeah, wh exactly. Um, well, it started with painting, but when you're painting the exterior of a home, you've got to fix gutters that are hanging off the side of it and rotten windows and rotten wood. So the carpentry piece was already kind of part of it. And, and as we added things, we had a customer call one day and said, hey, you know, you did a good job on our house, painting the house. We'd like, we need a new roof. Can you help us? And so I was like, yeah, I mean, we, we've put roofs on before, so never done it uh, for anybody else except for my own homes that I had been flipping. But uh, we, we learned how to do it and, and create a, 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 you know, retail product out of it. So the roof kind of came along as a secondary, but the rest of it is all kind of general maintenance that you've got to do anyhow. We have to replace siding when it's rotten. Then we learned how to just replace all of it. And, you know, rip it all off the entire side of a house and, and do the whole thing. So that's how the siding piece came in. You need to replace the gutters as part of that. And that, that became part of it as well. We're talking with Doug Ireland of Freeland Painting. Can you uh, give us a, an anecdote of a project that went in a, in a certain direction that you might not have thought it was going? Something a, like that? A story? A, a story? AC Chan, <laughs> is it a story that I need to tell? Yeah. I mean, there's so many. One, one that was most recent that, that happened that we were, I'm uh, actually kind of proud of. And, and so I'll, I'll, I'll well, tell I this. want you to be proud of it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Y'all familiar with the quantum bank building up in uh, Suwannee. That's mm -hmm. a two-story commercial uh, space on the corner of uh, Suwannee Dam and, and Peachtree Industrial. We were replacing the roof on that. So it's a commercial flat roof. And we had promised the customer that we would have uh, insulate. There's an insulative layer uh, above the decking and below the uh, roof layer that we promised was going to be double the thickness of what our competitors were saying that they were going to put on and for the s similar amount of money. But uh, me and the vice president of the bank decided one day I came over to check on the progress and he said, hey, let's go up and walk on the roof. And I said, sure. So we shimmied up through the, the little ladder piece and the hatch that pops up onto the roof. And, and we get up on top and I walked over to a, a, a five foot tall stack of this insulation. And uh, keep in mind, they had just finished putting that, the layer down on the main section of the roof, uh, which is, you know, 100 feet by 100 feet. It's mm -hmm. 10,000 square feet. And um, I think I did my math right. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand on it and the layer, it was a half inch thick. And somewhere along the lines, he and I had, had been saying, well, these other guys are going to do a half inch and we're going to do an inch. And I had, a, I had this half inch material up there and I looked at one of the, the laborers and, uh, and I said, did you guys put two layers down? He said, no, just one. I looked at Tyler and I said, <laughs> we got a problem here, man. We did not perform what we said we were going to perform. Well, we started digging into it about a day later and found out that the, the competitors had been quoting quarter inch and we were putting down a half inch. So we're, we, we did, you did double what the others we were saying. We did do what we were going to say, but somewhere along the lines, verbally, we got sidetracked and we were saying half inch and an inch. And so and it was embarrassing. And, and I, and, you know, it could have been a thousands of dollars worth of mistake to rip that back off and, and redo it or, or figure out how we were going to make it right for the customer. They ended up being okay with everything. But before they were okay with everything, Tyler went down to the, to the president of the bank, CEO, and one of the board members and said, look, you know, Doug Ireland could have just walked past that pile. I would have not known what was going on and could have said nothing. We pointed it out. We did the right thing. And, and uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny how things work. We're now getting introduced to some of their clients, some <laughs> of their commercial clients. So we're going to, doing the right thing puts you in a position to, you know, do more business, I think. Well, that one's is... As anecdotes go, that's, that's a good one to be able to tell for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and it came out of a mistake of ours. And this is Doug Ireland of Freeling Painting, and you're listening to Open for Business, the Gwinnett Chambers monthly radio program. One of the, I, I, I've heard you say this in the past, that one of the first things you did when you formed your company was to join the Gwinnett Chamber. Yeah. Why? Well, I had painted Vince De Silva's house 
And those of you who know who he is, uh, he's the senior vice president of membership at the chamber. And he said, Doug, you got to come down. And he said, it's an open field down there. There's nobody else uh, selling your services and you'd be wide open. And I, I said, sure. You know, I'd been a member of a couple of networking groups before and I didn't know what I was quite getting into. And I didn't know. I, I had to learn the rules of how to network. And there's a proper way to do it for sure. But, um, I, you know, I went on his advice and I came down and I jumped in with both feet. Uh, into the deep end of the pool, so to speak, and 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 we just uh, we just went for it, and it's been the best decision we've ever made. I've heard you quote. Uh, I, I don't necessarily in, in, intend for you to give numbers here, but well, I can. I, well, well uh, <laughs> but in terms of the the return that you have gained from clients and so forth and referrals from the chamber has been uh, pretty extraordinary. We literally build our business out of the chamber. Um, on average, each year, uh, the amount of business that comes out of leads generated from the chamber, referrals generated from the chamber, uh, it, it is between 35% of my business and sometimes 50% of wow. my entire business mm. coming out of the chamber. The only person down at the chamber that seems to have bigger numbers is Raymer Sale, <laughs> who claims to have like 85 or 90 percent. We'll make sure Raymer gets a copy of this so he can hear that. Yeah. But with respect to your chamber involvement, it's just not what the chamber has done for you, but what you've been able to to give back as well. Well, that's uh, that's the, the you said you jumped in the both feet in the I, deep end. You know, you have to enjoy it. I, I enjoy doing that. So um, um, being a part of it and going down and, and I, I, I believe in a, a tenant that uh, is promoted by a group called BNI, which you guys are familiar with, um, Business Networking International. And they, they uh, have this thing called giver's gain, which is you, you, have to, you have to bring more value into a room that you're networking in or into any situation than what you take out of it. And ironically, you end up getting a lot of value for doing mm -hmm. that. So, so if, you, if you follow that rule, I, I think it, it, it's beneficial. With respect to numbers and percentages, uh, commercial jobs versus residential jobs for you? In terms of dollar value, about 45% of our business is uh, B2B, and I, I say commercial, and about 55% is uh, residential. That B2B side of the business, 45% of that is some new commercial construction, some multifamily, and some uh, managed property, uh, HOAs and stuff. In terms of jobs, it's probably more like 90% residential because mm -hmm. they're smaller ticket items. Sure. For someone who's, uh, who needs your services, how can they get in touch with you? Give us your uh, information there. Freelandpainting.com, and it's spelled F-R-E-E-L-A-N-D, or 678-679-3126. Uh, That's our office line, and we will come out and take care of you. Very good. Doug Ireland, thanks very much. Let's, uh, let's hear now from Sterling Porter who is a CPA, and frankly, Sterling, given the time of year that this is, I'm a little surprised to see a CPA sitting across the table to us. So we're delighted to have you today. Thank you for having me. It goes without saying you're in the, the, the heat of the moment here, right? Yeah, I see the sunlight every now and then. <laughs> Give us an idea, first of all, before we talk too much about uh, taxes and, and that sort of thing, uh, let's hear a little bit about your background and how you became a CPA and got into accounting. Well, uh, essentially, it goes back to my junior year in high school when I took this uh, computerized accounting class, the Lotus 123 is like the early software. And, wow. And uh, I really enjoyed it and decided to pursue it as a college uh, major. So when I went to college, got my degree, came out as an auditor, started auditing uh, with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And so I was able to travel, see a bunch of different places. Um, many of my clients were in the city, worked on that and, and did that for about four years and then moved on to other roles, financial reporting. Towards, the, I say about three or four years ago, I decided to 
you know, on the side, do some bookkeeping. And my goal at first was just to do bookkeeping. Okay. But I quickly found that there was a greater need for tax preparation and tax consulting. And so I did a little bit more of that and uh, it just grew from there. So I'm here now. Uh, well, and it's, it's turned out pretty well. Were, were you into mathematics and economy Absolutely. and that kind of thing? Absolutely. Mathematics, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember being young and, and, you know, family members would take me to the grocery store, you know, and they would cover up the register, you know, say, how much change am I getting back? And, you know, I'd have to answer them. Oh, wow. Because they, they saw that they saw it from an early age. That, it's quite a good life lesson there. Yeah, sure, sure. And so they saw from an early age that I was into it and I was very into math. And so, um, you know, accounting was just kind of that natural career for somebody who loves numbers. Um, I, I did find out later it's a lot more than numbers, <laughs> but I mean, still very much so. What sort of progress or process, I should say, did you uh, go from with respect from the bookkeeping to the accounting and, and becoming a, a CPA? As I started my career as an auditor, I wasn't a CPA. But having that experience, you, you, you were able to see different companies and how they operate and how their accounting departments operate. Once I got later in my career, uh, my mentor, uh, Graham Carter, I hope he's listening, but uh, he, he really told me, Sterling, you have to get your CPA. It just opens you up to a different perspective and much more opportunity. And I did. You know, I finished it and uh, I was able to transition into financial reporting. So I, I, my last job, I was in charge of all the SEC reporting. So, you know, for any publicly traded company that has stock on the stock exchange, they have to do 10 Q's, 10 K's, their financial reporting. I was doing that for that company. So I was able to see a lot more in that role. Um, as far as the tax, you know, actually, it was my mentor. He, he sent me uh, my first two tax clients. And uh, they were pastors and they have a whole different set of rules, mm -hmm. you know, from everyone else. So sure. it, was, it was a great learning experience and it just it just grew from there. We're talking with Sterling Porter of Sterling Porter CPA. What distinguishes and, and not just the, the characterization, but what distinguishes a CPA from a basic accountant? What can a CPA do that a basic accountant cannot do? Uh, I think it's just a level of, of expertise, okay. essentially. Um, if someone has a CPA, they study pretty hard and they mm -hmm. work pretty hard to get it. I mean, the CPA is the hardest exam I've ever taken. And I've known lawyers who have taken both the bar and the CPA, and they'll tell you the same thing. It's very, very um, stringent, and you have to be disciplined and study. And so anyone who's a CPA, you know they're going to have a level of expertise that you need, but also they're going to have the work ethic that you need in order to get what you need done. What are the services that you provide your clients? Uh, my core business is bookkeeping and tax preparation, tax consulting. But I look at the total business. If you need payroll services, I have relationships with payroll companies, you know, make sure that your tax filings for payroll are done on time. The consulting is a big piece because th that's, that's the biggest need. I think there are a lot of business owners out there who are very good at what they do. They don't have the knowledge of the total financial picture. And so that's where my expertise comes in. You know, one of the big things that I'm, I, I'm big on is Hey, if you're making enough money, you may want to incorporate because that will save you a lot of money on taxes. A lot of people don't know that. And so that's that's kind of been my the big piece of my consulting part of the business. Uh, you've 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 gone into an area that I wanted to ask you about because twice you've mentioned tax preparation and tax consulting. So mm -hmm. it strikes me that just as you're saying there, consultation with clients prior to filling in the blanks uh, is maybe even uh, a more important aspect of of what you're doing for your clientele. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm an educator at heart. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I want you to be knowledgeable about what I'm doing so, you know, you can make sound financial decisions for yourself and for your business. It's just important to me to make sure that, that you understand that. 
What are, what sort of barriers do, have you encountered? Uh, it strikes me that uh, this is a sometimes you got to you got to fight through the wall to get to where you need to go. Uh, what sort of barriers have you encountered? The biggest barrier was uh, getting the CPA. Okay. To be honest with All you. Right. Because having that, it gives you, it's, it's a marketing tool in a sense. Mm-hmm. If you put it on your business card, you can put it on the name of your company and people know, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. I mean, there are people out there who aren't CPAs, who are in the profession, who do pretty well. Um, but I think having that just kind of, it makes it a little bit easier to get your foot in the door. Like I said, it was the most complicated exam I've ever <laughs> taken. So that was the biggest barrier. I think the complexities of what we do too, tax law is not something you can just pick up and read and say, oh, I got it. You know, you have to, you have to, yeah, essentially you have to love it to a degree to even look at it. <laughs> so, From what I understand, you can't even pick it up at several thousand pages or something. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And not only tax law, but uh, there's generally accepted accounting principles when it comes to financial reporting. So on mm-hmm. the bookkeeping side, you have to make sure you know what you're doing there. And there are differences between the two, you know, so sometimes what may be on your books may not be on your tax return. So there's a lot you have to know. Is there, if there's something that you could change about your profession, what would that be? And that's exactly it. Is it? The complexity. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's okay. just too complex. It's, you know, the, the, the tax code is too complex. I, and that's, that's just my opinion. And I think it can be simplified. But at the same time, I understand uh, the culture we live in. You know, there, there are a lot mm-hmm. of different situations out there that you have to cover in the law. You know, there, people find loopholes all the time. So you know, the loopholes there. And of course, somebody so has, to go back has to go back and cover it. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So the book gets bigger. Just a quick story. I mean, there, there was a push to have one global standard for financial reporting called international financial reporting standards. The U.S. was talking about, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to merge and we're going to do one international financial reporting standard for everybody. I wrote a paper when I got my master's degree on this, and I said, no way, this is not happening. <laughs> and the reason is, is because all cultures are different. You know, all yeah. cultures are different. So IFRS, International, fin- International Financial Reporting Standards, is, you know, maybe, you know, 2,900 pages or, or, of law where, Goodness you know, generally accepted accounting principles, 29,000 pages, you know, and I'm just, I don't know if those are the exact numbers, <laughs> but I'm just an example, right? Because of the different cultures, you know, right. another company, a country may not be as competitive as we are here. You know, they may not be as, I guess, they may not try to find those loopholes, you know, as fast as people here would. You I know, it, so, so it's just a culture difference. How can people get in touch with you, Sterling? Well, uh, you can reach me at uh, info at sterlingpcpa.com. And my website is sterlingpcpa.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is SP2CPA and uh, Sterling Porter CPA on Facebook. Very good. Thank you. Ferratech is one of your is your one source for all toner suppliers, printers, copiers, and computers. Whether you need service or repair on your hardware, or you're looking to find the best price and quality on toner supplies, Ferratech has a skilled and knowledgeable team to help you and your company. Contact them today to see how they help you. They're waiting for your call at 770-582-1188. Ferratech. 770-582-1188. And now we welcome uh, AC Chan of PowerSlide. AC, we we have a pretty good idea what Freeland Painting is and because of the title and Sterling Porter PC and uh, CPA, we sort of knew what a CPA was. What is PowerSlide? PowerSlide is simply a company that I, I started up to help folks work on their business pitches and develop better presentations. What led you to that that arena? It really started out as an experiment about a year ago, interestingly. I had spent a long time 
doing business and technology strategy work. A lot of the fun that I had doing that work was trying to work with high-level executives, trying to do things in a boardroom, and trying to figure out how do I get money from the board? How do I get my CEO to approve this capital expenditure? They are always being asked for money. They usually don't know a lot about what's going on in your world, and they have very, very short attention spans. And I took some of those lessons, a lot of trial and error, try to figure out, well, if it works over there, can it work anywhere else? Could I help small businesses? Could I help tech startups? Could I help other companies trying to help their employees become you know, better communicators? That's where the journey started. Why, why the focus on pitches and presentations? I find that being the man behind, behind the curtain suits me in, in trying to help other people. You know, Some people have guests like Sterling could take a look at, at a, at a, at a, at a profit and loss statement and be able to point things out really quickly. You know, Doug's got a keen eye. If he was looking at a wall, like, oh, they missed this or look, mm-hmm. or they missed something there. For me, if, I, if I'm listening to somebody present and I'm looking at their style, I can, I can tweak their message, you know, the content to make it better so it's more engaging to people. Or if they're presenting a certain way, I can say, you know, if you change this up a little bit, your audience would receive a little bit better. It's just kind of intuitive to me. What, what, did, what makes a good presentation? What does it take to make a good presentation? At, at, at its most basic component, I would say that you have to have a good grabber in your opening okay. that pulls people's attention in. You have to really articulate clearly what exactly is the problem you're trying to connect. Because so many people, when they're going with their business, always lead with the solution. And then they're left with the task of trying to sell the solution and convince them. If you're able to articulate clearly what the problem is, people can connect with problems. Once you have that connection, then you can say, okay, we're, we're, we think alike. What do you have that I might be able to be helpful to me as a solution? And then you always have to have an ask at the end. You know, lots of people will go through and say, oh, thanks, have a nice day. They'll give this 30-minute presentation and say, thanks for coming. And it's like, so people just sat there for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, you can ask for something. Maybe you want a cup of coffee, maybe sign up for your newsletter, whatever the case may be, you should always have an ask. And the most powerful tool, as, as Doug was illustrating, is, you know, ha- have some good anecdotes, have some good stories to share because talkers tell, stories sell. We're talking with A.C. Chan of PowerSlide. Talkers tell, what was that again? Talkers tell, stories sell. Oh, that's, somebody write that down. We need that, okay. We hear all the time, uh, AC, that people talk about how difficult it is for them. One of the most difficult things for them is to speak in front of a group. How do you, how do you help them overcome that? Number one, don't picture your audience naked. <laughs> we, we've all heard that, right? Yes, of course it, we have. It's horrible. It can be, <laughs> it can be a mixed bag sometimes. <laughs> But similar to sitting here on the radio show, I would think of it as it's a real mental game. You know, you're going in there and aim to have a conversation with your audience, whether it's five people, 100 people, 10,000 people. If you're going in there with the attitude that you're just having a conversation, then it makes it so much easier because people get this mentality when they present that they have to do it with a certain polish or a certain poise. There's a time and place for that, but you really don't have to come out with this gravitas. You just have to connect with your audience and you know, stories are, are, are the best vehicle. You know, it's, it's like connecting and, and talking with friends or when you meet new people and you just, you're chit-chatting, you know? So if you have this very casual approach to going in and talking with folks, it lowers the tension and the pressure a lot. You've worked, as you pointed out, you've worked with clients at all different levels. What, what is the give back that's come your way? I mean, in ter- and I don't mean uh, uh, in terms of uh, financial circumstances, but how have you grown as a result of that? I learn a lot from helping other people. 
you know, there's a couple things that are amazing to me that there's so many cool businesses and ideas out there that people try to do. And it's just trying to package together and articulate it clearly so that people might be interested in doing business with you. There's a lot of missed opportunities, I think, that, accru- that occur out there just because people don't get it. Have you ever s- stood there with somebody after five minutes and you're like, I have no idea what you do still, yeah, right. uh-huh. you know? So it's that, and, but you should be able to do it in like 30 to 90 seconds. And if people are interested, then they'll give you more time, but you're trying to earn the right to have more of people's time. No one, no one volunteers 30 minutes off the bat freely. You know, time's very precious. You know, you can't get it back once it's gone. So we're very picky about who we give our time to. So if there's not a clear interest there, then we're not gonna do business. And if I don't understand pretty quickly in, in about 30 seconds what you do, and whether that might be a fit, then we may not be doing business. In view of that uh, precious time, do you have group gatherings or workshops or anything where people can, you can help them get an idea of, of, of uh, good communication? Oh, yeah, I do. I, uh, sometimes I'll do some workshops with uh, 22 Tech Park, which is a local uh, incubator here started up by Mark Metz in Norcross. I'm doing a series of pitch workshops to help small businesses with ACE, which is the Access to Capital for Entrepreneurs group. Actually, he's setting up a, one for downtown to reach a different area of the city on uh, April 13th. It'll be a lunch and learn. Just come for two hours, you get lunch and get to practice your pitch. I've also uh, you know, done some things with the chamber. Like next week, we have the, the sales boot camp. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the presenters for that to, to help folks you know, in developing their pitches. So anywhere people will let me help, I'm, I'm glad to speak. Is there a, a, a singular piece of advice that you can uh, pass along that people can grab onto? I would say practice. Okay. Most people miss that piece. They go through and they think so much about what they want to say that they never practice exactly what they're going to say. And it usually doesn't come out of their mouth the way they think it's going to come out of their mouth. So I'd say there's always at least a 2x factor. So if you're going to spend about an hour preparing that presentation, you should practice two hours presenting it. How can people get in touch with you, AC? Easily by email, ac at powerslide.com, that's pwrslide.com, or direct at 678-575-5172. AC, thanks very much. Let's move now to uh, Courtney Spencer, Membership Services Coordinator of the Gwinnett Chamber. Before we move forward, I want to take a step back just for a second, Courtney. Uh, Yesterday was a, a highlighted day in the year of the Gwinnett Chamber, it's the Valor Awards. And and, and I know that uh, you were there and that, that is one of the most moving pieces of, of activity that the Chamber has every year. Absolutely. Uh, the Valor Awards is an opportunity for the Gwinnett Chamber, as well as the community as a whole, to tell our ser- people who, um, who are a part of a public service, thank you. Thank you for running into a situation when we run away. Thank you for listening. Thank you for doing. Um, it was an amazing opportunity for us to honor uh, police officers firemen. Oh, gosh, the honor guard mm. uh, that was there. And on a personal note, my father is a retired firefighter. Um, my brother was a firefighter. My uncle um, was a police officer. My cousin is a police officer. My goodness. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I come from a long line of of public servants. And so to really come in and really um, get a chance to tell those individuals, thank you, um, was such a wonderful and unique uh, experience. Uh, some of the stories that we heard were heart-wrenching, some of the things that they were being honored for um, that we were completely surprised by and just caught off guard. But these are the things that they see on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just very real, very authentic. It was it was completely heart wrenching. And it was an honor to be able um, to participate in that and really tell tell them thank you. It is a, a moving experience. It really is. With respect to experience, 
update us on on your background with the chamber chambers in general before you even got to uh, to Gwinnett. Oh, gosh. Uh, I actually came from the Albany Area Chamber of Commerce down in Albany, Georgia. Great town, great small town in southwest Georgia. Uh, while I was there, I worked in many capacities. I start, started off um, in the workforce development arm of the Albany Area Chamber of Commerce as the Strive to Thrive Circles coach. And what that is, is uh, Strive to Thrive was, in, um, again, the work force development arm of the Albany Area Chamber of Commerce that helped individuals to get out of poverty. And so my job as the Circles Coach was to be a facilitator to really help those individuals, give them a hand up and not a hand out. Uh, some of the things that we did was we connected them with um, allies or they were as they, 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 they served as mentors to those individuals and really talk with them, show them how to interview make those connections, um, show them how to dress for an interview, uh, things of that nature in order to help those individuals to get out of poverty. And from there, I moved into tourism. I was a sales manager for the Albany uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau because I Or you wore a lot of hats. Yeah. (laughs) I had fun. (laughs) I got promoted. I got promoted. That's good. Uh, That's good. And so uh, my responsibility was to sell the city of Albany to get get tourists, sports, motor coaches, uh, sporting um, events, things of that nature to bring those events to the city of Albany. Had a great time while I was there. And then um, because I had some changes within my life, I had a daughter. And so (laughs) I couldn't travel two and three weeks out of every month to promote the city. So I transferred back to the um, the physical building of the um, Albany Area mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce. And from there, I served as the um, membership uh, relations uh, coordinator. And I was over the retention of the Albany Area Chamber of Commerce, as well as the Young Professionals Program. You're listening to Open for Business, the Gwinnett Chamber's monthly radio show on Business Radio X. And we're talking with Courtney Spencer, who's membership services coordinator. That title could mean a lot of different things. <laughs> Uh, share with us some of the responsibilities that you have with the Gwinnett Chamber. Okay. Some of the things that I do is, um, first and foremost, I serve as the admin to Vince DeSilva. He was mentioned earlier. He's the Senior Vice President of Membership Services. Another thing that I do is I'm responsible for uh, planning, facilitating, coordinating business after hours. Fun, fun event. Um, Great opportunity for our members as well as guests to network, get to know one another, make those connections, possibly do some business. Also, um, Gwinnett working, we have that twice a week, every single week, with the with exception uh, for today because uh, the Gwinnett offices are closed. A great opportunity to, uh, it's a lead generation event that we have with the Gwinnett Chamber. Also, I'm over Drugs Don't Work, workers' compensation, helping um, different member businesses as well as non-members to gather that uh, 7.5% uh, workers' comp discount um, for their um for, for their business in order for their uh, helping businesses to become a work, uh, uh, excuse me, a drug free workplace, because that is very extremely important. Also responsible for the ambassadors program, Doug Ireland. We're so excited. Doug Ireland with Freeland Painting, as well as you, Johnny Phelps, <laughs> <laughs> are great, great volunteers uh, with the ambassador program. So those are just some of the things that I do at the Gwinnett Chamber. Now, let's move forward. Uh, Within the next month, uh, there are all kinds of activities, but there's one that I really would like you to address, and that's the Chamber Gives Back uh, a month away. Oh, Pat Brannon, uh, she's been with the Gwinnett Chamber for 20 
years. She is actually spearheading this particular event, Chamber Gives Back. This is an opportunity for chamber members as well as the chamber staff to get their hands dirty, get out there and clean up one of our local parks. We'll be out at George Pierce Park. That's at 55 Buford Highway, Swanee, Georgia. And um, Swanee. That's right, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there April the 22nd from 10 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. And that is actually taking the place of networking, where we would normally be networking. We'll be networking, but cleaning up our community and giving back. So that's what we'll be doing that day. That's pretty special. Courtney, thank you so much. Let me go around the table once again for our guests. And, and if you'll, Doug, we'll start with you. Just give us your contact information once again. Okay. Doug Ireland, Freeland Painting. Uh, you can find us on the web at freelandpainting.com. Our office line is 678-679-3126. Sterling? Sterling Porter CPA. The website is sterlingpcpa.com. Phone number is 678-820-8736. And AC? AC Chan with PowerSlide. That's www.pwrslide.com. And my number is 678-575-5172. And Courtney, how can people connect with you at the Chamber? Again, my name is Courtney Spencer, Membership Services Coordinator with the Gwinnett Chamber. You can reach me at 770-232-8805 or via email at cspencer at gwinnettchamber.org. Thank you all. This has been a wonderfully informative uh, and uh, very enlightening program today. And thank you for joining us on Open for Business, the Gwinnett Chamber's monthly radio show on Business Radio X. Open for Business is brought to you by Faratech. Faratech, great people, remarkable service. Don't forget, we broadcast live on the fourth Friday of every month at 1130 in the morning. But you can listen to any of our shows anytime by visiting GwinnettBusinessRadio.com. All of our shows are also available on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Johnny Phelps of Harry Norman Realtors. Thanks for being there. We need more HP toner. I'll get right on it, Maria. Now, I could go to the big box office supply company where I'm just a number, but I love dealing with Ferritech, the company that supplies our HP toner, printers, and service. They know how to treat their customers. They're an authorized HP vendor. They locally manufacture their own toner cartridges, and it's recycled. Tom! Uh-oh, what now? Ferritech, a customer-obsessed HP retailer. Visit ferritech.com.